I am so excited for this next guest that's coming up. You're going to love him. Coming up next, we are speaking with the incredible Jonathan Evans. He is a pastor, ex-NFL pro player. He is the chaplain of the Dallas Cowboys and the co-chaplain of the Dallas Mavericks. He's also son of the incredible faith leader, Tony Evans, brother to worship leader, Anthony Evans, and brother to the powerhouse herself, Priscilla Shire. That family is loaded with talent. We are speaking about his brand new book, Your Time Is Now. Get what God is giving you. And we discuss how to get out of our comfort zones into the big, bold things that God has called us to, uh, how to choose joy in hard times, the power in waiting, the lessons he learned from his late mother. And he even made me cry, y'all. It is so good. Available on all podcast platforms or subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll see you on the path. You're listening to On the Path Podcast with Cheryl Memhart. Follow Cheryl Memhart on all social media platforms. Hey guys, welcome to On the Path Podcast, and I am so excited to have all of you with me. I have a very, very special guest in the building, and I'm telling you, uh, one who doesn't need an intro, but also needs an intro because he is stepping out in a huge way with an incredible, incredible book. I want to welcome Jonathan Evans as a guest on the path. He's here with us, journeying with us for a few moments, answering some of the big questions of life. And you may know him from a very, very uh, influential and impactful family, the Evans family, son of uh, Pastor Tony Evans, brother of Anthony Evans, brother of Priscilla Shire. Any names ring a bell for you? This uh, uh, family is filled to capacity with gifting, talent, and passion uh, for the things of God. He is a pastor. Um, he is a chaplain of Dallas Cowboys. He's a co-chaplain of Dallas Mavericks. He is a husband and a father of, wait for it, people, five. He is a husband and a father of five incredible children. And he has written a book, which I think is perfect and very timely. It's called "The Ti- Your Time Is Now, Get What God Has Given You. Will you welcome Jonathan Evans to the path? Hey, Jonathan. Hey, what's going on, Cheryl? Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and be a part of it. Oh, man, I am so excited to have you. And it's such a joy. And I just love, can I just say, I love your heart. You're so down to earth. We were having some laughs and jokes ahead of time. And you're just so easygoing. I love that about you. Well, you know, I try, you know, you got to be humble to be exalted. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not interested in being any other way. Yes, that's right. That's right. And that's who God exalts. That's who God promotes is the humble in heart. Yeah, for sure. I want to I want to set the tone. I, I I got a chance to kind of get a couple of excerpts from this book and, and it, it lit me up. I can't I can't lie. I'm so excited. And let me tell you something, guys, if there's any doubt, if this book is for you, if you're wondering, should I grab it? There's so many books out there. Just take a listen to this. God is calling you to go further to rise higher and achieve more in his name than you could ever imagine. But you will never get to experience all that God has for you unless you are willing to rise up out of the depths of your own disappointments. Get up off the couches of your own comfort zones and pursue his plan for this season. Whew. 
we could stop right there. I, I think I should just call the choir to come and uh, put me an E flat and we'll just get the offering. <laughs> <laughs> Can we pass the offering plates to the- that was a preach. That was a preach right there. Um, Jonathan, your book is called the time your time is now that excerpt already. If the rest of the book is like that, then I'm I'm all the way in. You're urging people everywhere to get out of, I love this phrase, to get out of their comfort rut. I have to ask you, what is your comfort rut? Can you kind of explain that for us? And how do we even know if we're in that? Well, absolutely. I think that one one of the ways that you know that you're hearing the voice of God is actually, it's that voice that's not telling you what you already do, want to do anyway. God doesn't exist to be a backup to your omniscience. He exists to take you further than you think you could go. He exists to take you into his direction. Uh, he exists um, um, to make sure that you're going to another level. And he will, when I say he exists, I'm talking about uh, his voice is, is going to make you uncomfortable. It's going to make you uh, do things that you don't think that you can do and that you're fearful from doing. Uh, when you look at uh, Abraham in Genesis uh, chapter 12, and he tells him to go to a land that I will show you. Abraham was already comfortable and had already settled in a different place. And God pulled him out of his comfort zone. Isaiah 55 says, as high as the heavens are above the earth are my ways from your ways and my thoughts from your thoughts. I'm not thinking what you're thinking. I'm uprooting you from what you're thinking to take you to the place where I actually have destined for you. And you can't get there being comfortable and choosing your comfort over choosing being called. And those are two different things. Oh. Okay. It's that, it's going to be that kind of, it's going to be that kind of episode people. I want you to strap in. This man of God is on fire and has come with an incredible, I think life-changing God breathed word for all of us, man, what an answer to that question. And so, and so would there be any indication, would you say that there'd be like frustrations? How would I know if I'm stuck? What would that feel like for me spiritually? Yeah. Well, a lot of times um, we're stuck in our own fear. And mm. if you look at Moses, you know, Moses said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? You yeah. know, Moses was an outcast. He was living in Midian for 40 years. Um, and he was looking at his own um, insufficiencies, the fact that he was a stutterer. He was looking at the fact that he um, he was looking at all of his problems and he was looking at his problems in light of his purpose. And he was letting his problems govern whether he was going to ever achieve his purpose. Oh. And God said right after Moses said, am I? God said, I am. Just mm-hmm. a few verses later, he, he switched the personal pronoun. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we just have the personal pronoun in the wrong position. We're saying, am I? And God is saying, forget about that. I am. And once you recognize who I am in spite of who you are, then you're not looking at your purpose in light of mm-hmm. your fear. Fear basically is, fear basically just says, I'm looking at what God is telling me to do. I feel the nudge to go this direction. I feel the spirit pushing and prodding me to go in this direction, but I'm looking at my insufficiencies to determine whether I can accomplish it. And God is saying, you're looking at the wrong thing. You should be, Paul says, I am confident that he who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it and is faithful to perfect it. His confidence was in he, not me. His confidence was in him, not them. His confidence was in, was in the right place. And a lot of times, the, fact, the, the reason why we don't go forward is because we're saying, am I, instead of looking at the great I am. We got our eyes in the wrong position, and that's where we get stuck. I love that. And, you know, speaking about losing our confidence, 
we got to talk about some real, like, I, I really, I think you are exactly the same as me. We don't do fake. We don't do polished Christianity, shiny, sparkly Christianity. We do a very real bruised, broken, grimy, get up, fall down kind of Christianity. Some people have really lost their faith, lost their hope, lost their joy. 2020 and 2021, like my Lord, right? What what a, yeah. what a set of years we've had and we are feeling like we're coming out of it. But when we look back at the collateral damage, job mm-hmm. losses, uh, people have lost their businesses, their livelihood, economic downturn, global pandemic, people grieving and mourning the loss of their loved ones through all of it. Um, And then on top of all of that, political tensions, racial tensions, like it's just, it's been a storm. It's been a vortex. I got to ask you, what are the big lessons that you, Jonathan Evans, have learned in this season of crisis? Yes. So, for me, it's a, it's a great question that you ask because we've had a lot of crisis, not just in our uh, country, not just in our society, but also personally in my family. You know, yes. I lost my mom in 2019. My dad lost his dad. He lost his sister. He lost his uh, sister's husband. He lost uh, his brother. Um, all of all of these losses that we've had in our family have happened um, within the last two and a half years, and oh so gosh. we've been hit with a with a whirlwind. Of, of pain and suffering and all of those different things. Uh, but I would say this, I think it's important to understand no matter what you're going through and no matter what you're dealing with, that God is not a God who wastes anything. He uses everything. And a lot of times what happens is, is we get caught in our pit. We get caught in our despair and in the pit, you can't see. Uh, in in the despair, your, your vision is blocked by the fact that you're in a prison or in a jail or in a dungeon or in a, in a pit itself. And so you can't see. So you have to know something, even though you can't see something, you have to know something, even though you can't see it. And that's where faith comes in. Mm-hmm. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things that I can't see. And so what the enemy does is he uses the darkness to block our vision. But our but we have to understand that our vision comes from the word, not from our sight. So good. And when we understand that, we can be strong in the storm and have joy in the storm, even though um, we're actually experiencing the storm. So what I, what I've learned um, in my life, because God, you know, Jesus told the truth. Now, Cheryl, he told he told the truth when he yeah. said, "In this world, you will have trouble." So a lot of times we act like we're not supposed to have trouble as if, as if we were unaware that <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what we've been. Yeah. Told. We, we didn't sign up for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, yeah. We didn't sign up for that, but we did, uh, but Jesus let us know that. Uh, but I think it's important that we understand that Paul said um, in Philippians, he said, uh, yes, I will rejoice. And he was in jail when he said it. And then verse 19 of chapter one says, for I know he will deliver me. So there was something that Paul knew that still carried his joy, even though he wasn't happy. And so I think we have to go with what we know, not simply what we feel and let we know, let what we know be the criteria of our function, mm-hmm. not what we feel be the criteria of our function. So, so, so good. So good. Yeah. And, 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 uh, you know, for me, I'll share personally with you, Jonathan, as we're having this honest conversation, 2020 was unbearable for me. I lost mm-hmm. seven people, seven. Yeah. In the one year. And so I understand that. And, you know, and I think I think you're right. We we have accepted a false narrative 
that we are to live a pain-free life? And um, I, I love that question. I, I, I love that question about what are we learning? Because I think, I think if we don't grab the lessons, if we don't pull what it is that God is showing us, teaching us, we miss the moment. And we will tend to repeat that until we get those lessons. And so I feel like what we don't what we don't glean, we end up repeating. And so what an incredible time for us to be still and find out, like, what is it I'm to learn? Right. Are those questions you ask God sometimes? Yeah, definitely. Those those are questions that I deal with all the time. Mm -hmm, And one of the reasons why I wrote Your Time Is Now is not because I was writing it from a place where I'm sitting at the pinnacle point or I'm sitting in the palace like Joseph or I'm I'm already king like David or, you know what I'm saying? I'm 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 writing, you know, 13 books of the New Testament like Paul. It, It doesn't really work like that. I had to understand, especially as the baby of my family, Cheryl, I'm the baby of my family. So I was always last. And I would always ask my, my parents the question, when is it going to be my turn? You know what I mean? When is it going to be, you know, as a kid, you ask that question. And my parents would already would, would always say, um, your time is now currently. And I said, what do you mean? I'm the one waiting. And they said, waiting is a part of the time. See, they, they wanted wow. me to understand that your time is now is not this place where you just get to your happy place and you're walking out your purpose and everything is good. Your time is now when you're blind. Your time is now when you're in the pit. Your time is now when you're David and you're unselected and your dad doesn't even want to pull you in the room when it's time to be selected. Your time is now. And uh, when you, when you don't have thousands like Gideon, you only have 300. Your time is now when you're in the place of despair. See, people think that my time comes and I'm waiting on it. No, God doesn't waste anything. And we quote, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. But we only think that our time comes at a moment where we experience the success from all the pain. That's good. When God uses the pain for the success. Oh, my goodness. Listen to me. I'm trying to have a podcast interview people and I want to run around this room. Let me push down my Pentecostal roots and just calm down for a minute and ask this next question. (laughs) In your book, you talked about, uh, Jonathan, this living under, and you just mentioned it, this living in what seems like the shadow of Tony Evans, you know, and the waiting. I love that. And, And you spoke about how you discovered this need within yourself to carve out your own path and to really tap into what, as you said, your individual calling and destiny was. I got to ask you, what was that defining moment for you when you realized the aha moment that I am living my father's faith journey and not my own? Oh, man. Uh, there, there are several moments, actually. But my mom was very instrumental because she would I would always say, you know, that, you know, there's no way I'm going to be a preacher. There's no way I'm going to be a pastor. I would run away from that. Didn't know I was running away from God's purposes for me. But when I was saying no to God, he was saying, oh, OK, you know how it is when we tell him our plans. But, you know, I was saying that's what, what I didn't want to do, because, Cheryl, the, the thing is, when you have someone that's that successful on that level, Not only do you look at your own sufficiencies, but insufficiencies, but you look at your own insufficiencies with a microscope Mm -hmm. because you're doing it in light of the power, prestige and purpose that you see in someone else. And so a lot of people have played the comparison game. Uh, with someone else and it makes their fear or their um, the way they view themselves get even smaller. Yeah. But God has not called you 
um, to be someone else. I told, I told my mom told me, she said, well, if you're trying to be your dad, you're definitely going to fail. And the reason why you're going to fail is not because you're not gifted. It's because you're not him. And so she gave me this illustration. She said, what size shoe do you wear? I said, 13. She said, what size shoe do your dad wear? I said, 10 and a half. She said, so what would happen if you tried to put on his shoes? I said, my feet would be crushed. She said, exactly. She said, if you try to put on his shoes, you're going to get crushed because his shoes were meant for his feet. They were not meant for your feet. And a lot of people are living their life trying to wear somebody's shoes uh, that's not theirs. And they're realizing they're, they're, they're coming under the, the realization of, of why they're getting crushed. Mm-hmm. And so she said, Jonathan, while you take the uh, wisdom, while you learn from that, while you see that mm-hmm. and while you were raised under that, God is going to use you in a unique way. And while you can't be your father, your father also can't be you. Mm-hmm. And so this was a this was never a competition in our household. It was just her helping me understand, mm-hmm. um, as I looked up to my father my whole life, and I still do, um, that God is going to use you the way that He made you. And once you settle into that, you'll mm-hmm. realize that those differences are actually what He's going to use for your personal purpose and success. Mm, so good. And and wouldn't you say that there's such a damage, uh, especially in this generation? I look at the next generations coming up. Um, people not taking that time like we used to, or even even think of the generations before us that would stay on their knees, that would pray and actually seek out the call of God. Now people are sort of like, I took a quiz, I took a survey. Uh, <laughs> uh, the printout said I'm a pastor, so I'm a pastor. Um, and, or or looking at other people and thinking, I want that, that celebritum, so-called celebritum in Christianity, and and not seeking out. There's such a damage, I think, not only to yourself, but when you start to operate in the thing you're not called in, there's such damage that can happen. It's, the rippling effect is devastating. Yeah, absolutely. And you get that, especially with social media. Social media mm-hmm. is such a huge comparison game yeah. uh, that you're looking at everybody else's life, look at, looking at everybody else's pictures, looking at everybody else's ministries. Yeah. And you're trying to you're trying to mimic that. Um, and while taking examples and, and, and using wise things that can help you navigate uh, the comparison game um, is, is definitely something that can crush you. And here's why. Because nobody posts the pictures um, that are damaging. Nobody posts the pictures that show reality. Nobody posts the pictures that shows the negative. Right. Nobody posts the pictures. They, they post the highlights. Right. And so if you're a, a sports person and you're only looking at highlights, you're going to create a false narrative of how you're supposed to produce on the court. And yes, you want to do the best, but you're looking at a false narrative to try to discover your narrative. And once you get into that game, once you leave the word of God, which has the real narratives that shows the pain before the game, it shows the pit, it shows the blindness before they can see, it shows even Christ being crucified before he's raised, then you're looking at this false narrative that that the enemy can use uh, to get you to feel like a failure instead of realizing that everybody God used in the Bible was a failure, except for him becoming man, Jesus Christ, um, until they became successful and put their cares um, in dependency and trust in him. And so, so I think we, we've gone to the wrong narrative. We've gone to the superficial narrative instead of a biblical narrative. And so we have a wrong narrative that we're trying to display in our own lives. So true. You know, 
let's let's encourage someone now as you, you live to inspire, you live to encourage. I can't even imagine how much lifting up you do on a day to day to day basis, especially as a chaplain of uh, of sports teams, major sports teams, Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Mavericks. Uh, the crushing could feel so real in those moments and and you need to pour in that life giving word. I'm reminding of a scripture that says, you know, that we are pressed on every side you know, crushed on every side, but not destroyed. There are people stumbling onto this podcast, watching it through their uh, various channels, maybe YouTube, whatever, but not by accident, they found themselves here and they want to give up. They want a white flag. No doubt. Um, They're at the end of their rope. What would you like to say to them? I would like to say, and I would like to be a testimony to you that your greatest ministry will come from your greatest misery. If you're experiencing a great misery, then you can have confidence that there will be a great ministry. Paul said, I am confident that he who began a good work is faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. If you look at uh, the right narrative, if you look at God's narrative, if you look at all of the people in the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, mm-hmm. their narrative started um, in pits. They started um, in, in blindness, not knowing where they were going. Uh, they started not with an ark, but being called to build one, even though they had never seen uh, rain or water. They've, they, they, they've started um, as prostitutes and then coming into the family of God. They've started as unselected to becoming kings. If you go through the correct narrative, you'll realize that there is evidence where you are of where God is taking you. God doesn't waste anything, and that's not cliche. You'll realize that your greatest passion and what God is going to call you to do is going to come from the place of suffering that he actually brought you through. And until you recognize that, see, the pain blinds us to the purpose. When God wants you to look at your pain as something that he's going to use for your purpose, and that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants you to be blind by the suffering, blind by the pain, mm-hmm. uh, blind by yeah. um, um, the, the things that you're going through, the circumstances and the loss and the mm-hmm. despair that you're experiencing, that I've experienced, that we've all experienced as human beings just living on this earth. But even through 2020, there's some of you that are experiencing depression and anxiety. You're experiencing thoughts of suicide. You're alone, all of those different things. But I want you to know for certain and have confidence that if you cast your cares upon him, he will sustain you. If you trust in the Lord with all of your heart, he will make your path straight. If you come to him, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, he will give you rest. Notice what I said, cast, come, and trust. Those are responsibilities that God gives you. And once he sees you cast, come, and trust, he makes your path straight, he gives you rest, and he sustains you. So a lot of times we're waiting on God and God is saying, I'm waiting on you. We're holding it in our hands and taking responsibility. And as long as we do that, God lets you. He says, "Let I'm gonna let you see how good you are at being God. And then when you get tired and you, you really want rest and you come to me, I'll let you experience how good I am at being God. And then we'll discover which God you should choose. And you'll discover that that's the one true God that you've been called to discover. If you're not watching and you're listening, uh, I will uh, tell the truth. As they say, as a joke, tell the truth, shame the devil. I am literally about to cry. 
and I actually don't care. I've never done this before. <laughs> I am crying because every word you said is so true. I'm crying because we are living in a very hurting, devastated world right now. And I'm crying because <laughs> the, you, you talk about waiting. Uh, Jonathan, the world is waiting for you. I don't think I've ever heard such an anointed man of God this year as I've heard every word that is coming out of your mouth, sir. The world has been waiting and all of that waiting, all of that trusting, all of that laying prostrate, prostrate, all of that seemingly letting opportunities pass you by was forging you in the fire and purifying you for this moment. You have come out so potent and so purified and so focused. I'm just so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for this book. I'm a mess, y'all. Yo, guys, I'm a mess. I, I'm pulling it together. I just feel like you are the living, breathing reminder to me about the power in waiting. Mm. Mm. Right? David anointed called you anointed called with a word, with a specific word, not like any, and that's what the thing is so fresh. So unlike anything I've heard before, and I've heard so much, mm. and I've and I'm I'm listening to you and trying to dial in, and I am, but I'm asking myself, God, where has this voice been on the earth? And He said, it's it's the right time for this right voice. And so, I just encourage you, sir. Thank you for waiting. Thank you no, for thank waiting you. and not forfeiting, because you could you could have said, you know what. Too much, too uh, enough of this waiting business. I'm done. That's right. That's right. And I think you're right with that. I mean, I just think about even Cheryl getting on this podcast and, you know, me trying to find a spot. Then I came in here and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a motion detector lighting room. And so uh, the, the, the light shut off, but I have a little bit of light left. I have this little camera that I have right here. And the camera that I have allows you to have a little bit of light. It produces light. Um, so that if the lights were to shut off, if you're in a dark place or in a dark room and something unexpected happens, Cheryl, I, the room was light and it just shut off by itself. Something unexpected happened, but God provided a little bit of light. And that's what I want to do for people out there that God has called me. You've experienced something unexpected, just like I am in this room where darkness was cast and that was unexpected. And you've worked hard to find the light. And I want to make sure that this podcast at least does one thing. And the same thing that this camera is doing is just giving a little bit of light, just enough so that you can see just enough so that the so that a window can be carved out so that you can see much further than where you currently are. And if I can just cast a little bit of light so that you can see that where you're going is much bigger than where you currently are, then that's what I feel like I'm called to do. And that's why God took me through, Cheryl, that that waiting season. You know, the Bible says those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength, yes. not those who don't. So there is a requirement of waiting for strength to be renewed. And I'm calling everyone's strength to be renewed. And I know that means a frustrating thing that yeah. you have to wait. And the question is, how long mm. do I have to wait, O oh Lord? Uh, the book of Habakkuk, how long are we going to go through this? How long am I going to be in that despair? That's the question that I can't answer. But I do know that if you're willing to wait, he makes a promise that your strength will be renewed. Yeah. And that's where your testimony comes from. Mm. Your testimony cannot appear until you have a test. Mm. Test comes before a moaning. People want a ceremony. 
but they don't want a test. They want a graduation, but they don't want a final exam. And what we have to understand is that little bit of light of that graduation and that purpose and that strength being renewed comes through the unexpected darkness. Mm -hmm. And so if you're sitting in darkness, let me just cast a little bit of light that that test will create a ceremony, a testimony, Mm -hmm. that that pain will create a gain, that, 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 that pain will take you into a purpose where you'll say that he who began a good work in me was definitely faithful to perfect it. Well, somebody say amen to that. Let me tell you. And the church said, amen. I, I've, I am, I am beside myself. I've got one more formal question and then a surprise question I didn't tell you about. I'm just going to throw it at you because I know you're good for it, Jonathan. Uh, but this is a perfect time and a perfect way to end on this note. Um, you, it, It's so in line with what we're talking about in the crisis, in the waiting, in the hard times. You talked about the intentional choice you made to choose joy. I loved it, to choose joy. How do we choose joy? Yes, uh, it's important to know before I tell you how you choose joy to to understand that joy is much different than happiness. Mm -hmm. Happiness is dependent upon circumstances. Happiness is based on what's happening. And so if you understand that, then you understand, I can take you into the difference with joy. You know, most people share are saying, I want to be happy. Mm-hmm. When they say that, I, already, or I know in my mind that that's a dangerous statement because happiness is, um, is like chasing a moving light. It was made to elude you. And so what you do is you chase it and catch it for a second, only for it to slip through your hands, like grabbing sand and sand going through your fingers. And then you have to try to pick it up and grab it again. While happiness is not based on, while happiness is based on what's happening, joy is based on faith. Mm. So joy is based on where I'm going and what God's word has said. Mm -hmm. Paul said in Philippians chapter one, verse 18, part B, he says, yes, I will rejoice. And that, that opens the door to Philippians one, verse 19. He says, for I know God will deliver me. He was in jail when he said, I will rejoice. Well, Paul, how in the world can you have joy in jail? He tells you in verse 19, for I know that God will deliver me. Now, was he already delivered? No, he was in jail. So he wasn't happy, but he had joy. He had bad circumstances, but the circumstances didn't have him. He was in prison but he was nobody's prisoner. Mm. And I want people to understand what joy is. It means you can be in prison, but you're not a prisoner to the prison that you're in because there's something that you know that's greater than your circumstances. And so that's how you have joy. He said, I will have joy, meaning having joy is something you produce from your will. It's not circumstantial and it's not dependent upon the feel, your feel. You produce it from your will. You're Mm -hmm. saying, I will rejoice in the middle of my circumstances. Mm -hmm. And then you recognize, Cheryl, that your feelings will catch up to your faith. So ladies and gentlemen, I do apologize to those in the States. Canada is officially adopting Jonathan Evans and we are not letting him go. He will be a prisoner of ministry in Canada from one side of the great north to the other. Jonathan Evans, there are no words, truly no words. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for being on the path with us and uh, that idea that we are in this journey uh, for God, with God, by God, and uh, and learning as we go with every scrape, every fall. 
Um, I'd love to know, how can people find, uh, obviously the book is going to be everywhere, everywhere you can find a book. You, you need to grab this book. I want to invite you guys again, The we're talking about uh, Your Time Is Now, Get What God Has Given You by Jonathan Evans. I want every person to grab this book. And I don't mean just grab it for yourself, grab it for a friend, get an extra copy, download uh, any audible versions, do a connect group, do a small group, get women together, get men together, talk to your young people. People because it is so important for us to understand the time that we're in, our purpose, our calling, and understand how to hear the voice of God. I think when we don't get those things down, we can run over a cliff. We run into uh, dangerous situations. We run out of time with God. We run ahead of God's plan. And there's a lot of uh, (laughs) do-overs that we can save ourselves from if we just learn to wait. Jonathan, thank you so much for all of that. Are you ready you. for your surprise question? Yeah. yeah <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. I'm so I'm so thankful for you. Oh, but before we do that, how can we track with you, sir? How can we stalk you, literally stalk you with uh, all of your socials? Please let us know. Oh, at Jonathan Blake Evans. So my middle name is Blake. So if you look up at Jonathan Blake Evans, you'll find my YouTube, you'll find my Instagram, you'll find my Facebook. Um, and you'll be able to track with me uh, on there. And JonathanBlakeEvans.com um, is my website. And I'm just uh, excited about um, following uh, you guys as you follow me. But understand that if you follow me, you're going to follow Christ. It's not about me. It's not my platform. It's his platform. And so uh, that's what I'm called to do. And sure, I just want to mention one thing Please. before we get to your surprise Absolutely. Um, that one thing that we did in this book, I want every resource that I come out with personally um, to not just be another book on the shelf, uh, but to be an experience. And so one of the things that we did in this book and that I chose to do uh, by God's grace, he gave me the idea is that we put a movie in the book. So every three chapters, there's a QR code you can scan and literally you watch a movie as you track no through the book. No way. So there is a movie inside the book. The book comes. So the book comes with a movie. It comes with a soundtrack. So, cause I wanted to make sure that people are encouraged, um, that they can listen, uh, to my sermons in their car. And those sermons, uh, uh Cheryl, um, I had a Grammy award winning producer produce those sermons so yes. that they can be energized. Come on. So I wanted the, I wanted the book to be an experience more than reading, you're seeing, you're hearing, um, Come so that you can really be encouraged by it. Jonathan Evans, you are out of the box. I don't think anyone has ever thought of that. What an incredible idea. I'm just so excited about that idea. Uh, and and over here, being someone that is involved, I'm a filmmaker, and so involved in film and arts, is that lights me up to see uh, it being used in such a powerful way as a tool. I believe that God has developed and created the arts, and we can redeem it and use it in these beautiful ways. I'm excited about that. Every three chapters, QR code, and there's a movie beautifully scored by an incredible producer, Grammy award winning. Yep. Yep. We have a, we have that and, and a, and a soundtrack. So this book with a soundtrack. So it's got it all in it. Oh, that's incredible. Thank you. Thank you for thinking about us in that way too. That was super intentional. Thank you for that. I can't wait to get that book. And guys, I, I'm definitely going to be inviting uh, Jonathan back if he'll have me. (laughs) Definitely would love to have him back here on the path for all of us here in Canada. Here's your surprise question. All right. Here we go. And he didn't know anything about it, y'all. 
I just want you to, in light of our conversation, in light of everything we've been talking about as the backdrop, just finish this sentence. It's time for what? It's time for what? And just start with that and then let it rip. Yeah, it's time for uh, God's people not just to go to church, but to be the church. And what has happened in COVID is that wasn't an accident. God knew it was going to happen. He knew that it was going to disrupt the church. He knew that it was going to disrupt God's people. He knew that it was going to cause division. Uh, He knew that it was going to cause political division, racial division. He was aware um, that we were going to be exiting the buildings. Uh, He was aware that all of these things were going to happen. And so it's time for us to grab onto the new thing that God is doing. And what we're going to do in our personal lives is we're going to go try to go back to what we've done before because we're creatures of habit. But what if God is trying to do a new thing? What if God is saying, you know what? Uh, In Deuteronomy chapter 34, Moses dies and a new paradigm starts with Joshua. The first word of Joshua chapter one is now. Now, Joshua, I'm going in the same direction but I'm going to use you in a different way. Mm. And so we got to understand as the church that God is calling us to break huddle. Um, He's calling us to advance down the field. He's calling us to do things in a new way for his glory and use COVID as a catalyst instead of being brought down from what we should be brought up to. And so I think it's important for us to understand that the time is now for us to catch and get what God is giving us so that we can carry the ball straight into the end zone and score. I love it. And I'm going to flip it on the B because we're going even deeper. Here's your last one coming. What is it not time for? It's not time for? It's not time for a division. It's not time for us to be um, the block to Jesus's prayer in John chapter 17, where he says, Lord, I pray, let them be one like we are one. That was his prayer. And the church is going against Jesus's prayer. And we're finding justifications to for the reasons why we're divided instead of finding the reasons why we should be united. And so um, a, a house divided cannot stand. And so you look at the decay of our culture and people shake their head at the culture, uh, not realizing that the church is supposed to be the salt. And what is salt if it never leaves the shaker? What is salt if it never enters the meat to preserve it? You can't get mad at meat for decaying. That's what meat does. So you can't get mad at the culture for decaying. You get mad at the salt for not doing what it's supposed to do. And so it's not time for us to be divided. It's not time for us to be a house that cannot stand. It's not time for us to look at the issues that separate us. It's not time for us to look at uh, our racial divisions, our political divisions, and all of those things that the enemy is using um, in a a crafty way to divide us. It's time for us to look at the reasons we should be united and use those for the catalyst to be the answer to Jesus's prayer. Ladies and gentlemen, remember this name, Jonathan Evans. Uh, and please, there's uh, there's nothing left to be said. You've heard every word. You hear the anointing. You feel the anointing on this man of God. Uh, definitely called for such a time as this. Please grab a copy of the book. Jonathan Evans, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for being on the path. Yeah, thank you, Cheryl. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. Please like, download, and subscribe. This has been an Exusia Media production.